passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back to another Baseball America Fantasy Podcast. This is your host, Jeff Ponce. I am here, as always, with my co-host, Dylan White. We just got through our final update for the top 200 prospects. Uh, Dynasty List has been updated for the final time this season as well. Got some Robo Scouts going through, but probably only a handful or so uh, until the end of the year now. Complex leagues are finishing up, so things are moving right along. Uh, we've got a lot of news and notes to talk about today. We're going to talk about the top 200 a little later, later on in the show. We're going to have Josh Norris pop in on the uh, beginning to talk about some of the top players in the different complex leagues and uh, maybe some top names that we should be aware of as we come into FYPD season and Depending what your format of your league is like, some of these guys might still be available, uh, as well as the incoming draftees. So uh, a lot of interesting stuff to chat about there. Um, but Dylan, welcome. I'm excited to talk to you, though it isn't necessarily the brightest of days. It isn't. I don't think I, I'm spoiling anything by saying I'm wearing my uh, Japan WBC hat uh, out of respect for a fallen comrade. So... Uh, yeah, sad day, sad day. We'll get to that in the news, but uh, bittersweet, I guess. Maybe get into it right now. Yeah, Shohei Otani uh, has a UCL injury, UCL tear. Um, seeking a second opinion, he's not going to pitch again this season. Should be hitting, uh, apparently, at least for now. Uh, he hits the open market this offseason. You know, it, it impacts everything. It impacts... The Angels' chances from here until the end of the season, not that they had a great chance of making the playoff, but any entry that could have happened certainly was, you know, washed away. And, and then you look at, you know, just from a fan perspective, an incredibly exciting player and uh, somebody that I think everybody wants to have the opportunity to watch. So, um, yeah, not the best news. And then, of course, you know, for Shohei personally, going into free agency, um, this could potentially, uh, I don't know, maybe take some money off the price tag because uh, it would have been a record number, still could be a record number. I don't know. And I guess the big question that's lingering now is after a, tech, a second Tommy John surgery, is he ever really going to be a, a pitcher again full time? Um, so a lot, lot of stuff that's out there, but what are your thoughts there, Dylan? 
Yeah, I think I think if he wasn't, well, I guess the injury cost him like hundreds of millions of dollars. So, and then, like you said, the the Angels are out. So, Trout they shut down. He probably Trout probably came back early with had some lingering soreness. Maybe he'll always have soreness, but as soon as you know, Otani is not going to pitch. Looks like this is definitely the end of the the road for the Angels this year. So they just put Trout back on the IL. But what do you think if you are Shohei Otani's uh, like agent? Would you want him to continue hitting for the rest of the year? Would you want him to have immediate Tommy John and not hit and kind of say, well, you know he can hit after Tommy John because he did it last time? Or do you want him to continue hitting to show that, like, look, he's uh, he still can hit? Like, What would you do? What, what would your course of action um, be? You know, this is like a total non-answer, but I, I would have to know more specifically about the injury and you know how much it was impacting him as a hitter um and i don't know if i'll ever know that in the public space so that is uh that is a bit of an issue um i'm not sure i I think i always prefer for the guy to have tommy john surgery um just because you know it's an injury that's there and you don't want it to impact other movements and other parts of his game and I think that's probably the smart way to handle things. Um, but I can't say for sure because I don't really know that part that well. But Yeah, I mean, I guess just assuming, just say he needs Tommy John, would you want him to do it right now and not hit for the rest of the season? Or would you want him to play out the season and then have Tommy John in the offseason? I don't know. Yeah, I don't I know. Think I think it's 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 too close, too tough to call. I, I have no idea. I'm not an expert. And i do not privy to that kind of information. So... It's hard for me to answer that hypothetical. But uh, with the Shohei news, let's bring in some happy times now. We actually have Josh Norris here, as we mentioned before, teased uh, in the opening. He's going to talk to us a little bit about some of these complex names that have popped. Uh, I know Dylan has some guys I'm sure he's going to ask Josh about. But you're finishing up your annual complex league top 10 lists right now. I think the FCL you're finishing up. Did you already finish uh, – Arizona complex as well, Josh. Um, <clears throat> I got twelve names deep in the Arizona league, and we're going to use ten for Prince. There might be some substitutions late. Um, there's a guy who qualifies who I want to see tomorrow night. Goes in Zebulon named Emmanuel Reyes with uh, the Royals. That should be fun. Um, and I'm about eight names deep right now on the FCL, which is loaded for bear. Uh, especially uh, appropriate phrase considering who I am um, <laughs> this year. It's a, an absolutely stacked league, and I think I'll have an easy time getting to 20 before um, turning it in. But, I mean, I've you know, been writing for about 25 minutes and I've already got eight guys done, and I'm just kind of figuring out who to place in the middle uh, at this point. There's a lot of talent on that circuit. Yeah, and I was going to say, so, like, who are some of the top, we'll say, one or two names. Oh, he's um, going to give away the names. Okay. Um, well, there's this guy named Walker. Right? I feel like the top names are the guys that everybody's going to know. So yeah. Yes, it, I'd rather give away those fella, names than like the deep ones. There's a fellow named Walker Jenkins that you might have heard of. Um, he qualified for the list by one at bat. He did 50 at bats or 15 innings. So he got like 51 at bats. Um, he's going to he's going to be near the top. Uh, I'm not going to spoil where it is, but 
if you know our top 100, you can figure out where he might be. Um, yeah, I mean, he he played to the hype. You know, he was as good as advertised. Sweet swinging left-hander, power, uh, chance to hit for average, uh, chance to hit for average and power. You know, the hype is real. And he's uh, probably right now playing in his first uh, low-A game after the FCL season ended for all but four teams that weren't in the playoffs. Um, and then Roderick Arias is the other name that really popped all year long. Unfortunately, his season ended a little bit ago with a broken, I want to say pinky on his left hand. But before that, scouts were universal in their praise. This is a, uh, if, if Jenkins doesn't get that 51 at bats, he's the easy number one. Um, five tool player, a chance to be plenty of pluses on the card, stick at shortstop, slam dunk, 70, 80 arm, big time power, took, you know, Alec Manoa, who diminished Alec Manoa over the batter's eye in center field in the FCL. It's everything you could want. You know, I've, I've had scouts argue that he might be the top prospect in the Yankee system. Um, and that's not, that's, that's saying a lot considering the interesting stuff they've got up top right now, but he's sounds incredible and performed that way um, before he got hurt. He's part of a ridiculously stacked Yankees FCL team. Like this, they might play seven guys on the 20. I could, I could probably do that without blinking, but there are other teams in the league. So I'm not to add some other guys there, but, you know, Roderick Arias is the famous name. Um, Henry Lalane is in the conversation for the top arm in the league. You've got a really cool combination of present stuff, like a little mid-90s fastball, uh, three off-speed pitches that each flash plus. And, you know, the best one is kind of depends on who sees him on what day. I've had scouts say the changeup looks like the best, slider, the curveball, depends on when you see him. But more than that, it's a combination of athleticism and body control for a guy who's six foot seven and left-handed that really, you know, um, suggests a guy who could repeat his delivery and pound the zone. And he did so this year. He walked four guys in twenty-one and two-thirds innings and struck out thirty-four, which is not easy to do when you're six foot seven and that young. Um, yeah, he's he's a really intriguing one too. And there's plenty of other guys that you want to just ask me about instead of me just monologuing for 20 minutes no we could we could do both i'm sure dylan has some names because he's obviously been writing them up um from the robo scout thing so mm -hmm. robo scout meet bear bear meet robo scout mm -hmm. <laughs> bear meets robot who wins uh yeah no I, the you're speaking about the fcl yankees um Number one on robo scout at the complex is john cruz i i assume or hope that uh He's in your top 20. He'll be there somewhere. I don't know where it just yet. But um, yeah, he's he's really intriguing. I assume RoboScout gives him a pretty big boost because he played all year at 17. Um, let me see what I have written down about him. Live as I scroll through my notes here. Um, yeah, he's an offensive player who you know might have plus power. Uh, there's a little bit of mechanical stuff to, to work out. Might be a corner outfielder when it's all said and done. Uh, advanced advanced approach kind of line drive power right now. I it's easy to say interesting to say that considering he hit like uh, I think eleven bombs this year. <laughs> I think he was second 
tied for second in the league to a guy who's 23 years old on the complex. But there's projection, and he's more advanced than you'd expect from someone that age. So he's, I mean, he's not in, you know, Arius's world just yet, but he's a really interesting one, and he probably sits somewhere in the 20. But like I said, this league and that particular team is just loaded. I guess Arjun Namala probably doesn't qualify because he doesn't he does have not. But we heard lots of really good things about him the other day, like a really advanced hitter for his age, sound mechanics, average in power, might have a chance to stick at shortstop. Um, another guy who's, set, I think he's 17 years old still. Um, yeah, good reviews, doesn't, yes, doesn't qualify. Max Clark is in the same boat. Good reviews, really good reviews. Fell for it that short of qualifying. Ooh. We set the bar the way they this way so we can mostly filter out the draft guys because if i just did it at you know just anybody who played in the league well i'm probably just telling you about the draft guys frankly and, <laughs> you know i don't think i don't as well well while some of these guys might be pretty darn good you know if i put you know noble meyer on there after like two or three innings in the complex league well what am i really telling you that you didn't that we didn't already tell you a thousand sure. times in the draft i think my my goal here and the fun part of this exercise is to unearth some names that you might not know about to this level. I mean, Art Robert Arias is famous. Walker Jenkins is famous. But there's some other guys down the list who are uh, less famous and will find easy spots on this list as well. Yeah, and we'll save those for subscribers. But I wanted to ask, are there any non-draft guys um, that were interesting names that maybe came up in conversations that just happened to not qualify, maybe some late like DSL arrivals or anyone like that? I mean, I tried to stay away from guys who didn't qualify in the conversations just because it's enough trouble, um, you know, sussing out the, the list. Sure. In terms of guys who I didn't, didn't know, qualify. I didn't know if you got an offhand like, oh, watch out for this guy too. Um, Not really. Uh, let's see. I'm looking through my notes right now. I mean, Namala is the big one. Um. Let's see who else might not qualify. Oh, uh, I think that might be it. I mean, Thomas White got good reviews. I didn't really sure. dig too deep on him because I know he, you know, yeah. didn't. <laughs> he, he's we know We've who Thomas White is. Times. Um, yeah, it didn't bother on you know some other, some of those other guys like that. So I, you know, kind of the a guy like that would be William Bergola with the Phillies. Like he doesn't qualify because he had exactly zero at bats in that league, which is you've got to play in the league. But we did talk about him for a little while since he was a guy who should have played in that league or would be, would have been expected to play in that league, but he bullied enough in extended spring that they jumped him over. And you've got a guy who could be an above average defender at shortstop um, with really competitive at bats, makes a ton of contact. A really advanced approach for his age, you know, advanced approach for his age. That's redundant, but kind of a contact machine and uh, a probable, you know, uh, long-term shortstop. Really interesting guy. And you know, skipping that level at that age is a really giant green flag, as I'm sure you know, you <laughs> human Jeff and you robot Dylan know. I am, I am, uh, I am a bird, sir. I, I mean, you know, it's, it's, that's true. He, well, on that podcast, you're a bird. This one, you're a human. Oh. Um, but, you know, it's, it's kind of the inverse of the Arizona League where, uh, you know, if you told me 
you know, in March, I'd be doing this list. I would have said, oh, you know, probably have Ethan Salas, number one. Well, he didn't play a day in that league. Uh, I probably have Jefferson Rojas, number two. Although if I had told you Jefferson Rojas in March, I would have been really. Um, uh, aggressive, yeah. Yeah, really aggressive. And I really should be better at playing lottery. Um, but he, he's, you know, he didn't, he played one game, which I will continue to say is the best 0 for 3 in the history of man because he got promoted, him promoted out of the league the next day. Uh, Austin <laughs> Charles with Columbia, uh, well, with the Royals, he's in Columbia now, uh, didn't play enough to qualify. So those are like three guys who hosted the Paula with the Dodgers, like right out the chute, uh, sure. went up to Rancho. Those guys would have probably been easily in the top 10 of that league, but they were all gone yeah. before they qualified. Nelson Rada, probably another one there. Yeah, Nelson Rada, absolutely. The the original 17-year-old in the Cal League. Louis Lara. Uh, yeah, Luis Lara, too. Yep, he's, he's pretty darn good, too. He's up to high A. Yeah, there's a lot of guys that move very quickly um, who, I guess... It might be a dry heat in Arizona, but they want to get their best guys out of it. Um, it's not like it's a particularly nasty um, summer in Arizona. Right. Anyway. But, yeah, those are some guys that would have made that list. And let's see if I got any other guys uh, from that league. I was focusing only on the FCL, but I forgot there's an entire other league here. Let's and I was going to ask, like, with some of the weather, I'm shocked if they still play, like, morning games. You know, they like, don't. They know, like they Dodgers and like Padres mostly night games. games. There are still play. some day games. Now. There's some day games. It's usually on the weekends, but they mostly play night games. So, I, I, I see. I hear what you're saying, um, and it seems insane to me. But <laughs> I guess that's just how it's going to be. Um, Unless you're starting them at 6 a.m. No, thank you. Right. I mean, geez. On that side of the complex, uh, I think you're going to get there's a, there's a really good trio of uh, Diamondbacks to watch uh, with um, Yonsa Luis, Christopher Turin, and Ruben Santana. They should all play, wind up in the 20. Uh, Guardians uh, left-hander, I always say he's a right-hander. He is a left-hander. Uh, Jackson Humphreys, he made some big impressions with his physicality, present stuff, feel for spin. Uh, Adam Sarantowski with the Reds, same idea, a little, little bit more polish to apply. Left-hander with big fastball, big spin, maybe cuts it off a little bit too early. And needs to iron that out in the future, but he could be a, a nasty reliever type. Um, those are some interesting names there. Dylan Head qualified in that league, so he's uh, he's high up there. And you know, the Padres really like to shoot for upside, and uh, they look like they got a good one again. And there is, let's see, there was uh, another draftee that qualified. I can just look at what I put down. ACL top 20. Let's see. I'm blanking on who the number one was. It should be fairly up. Oh, Sebastian Walcott was your number one there. Shocker. He's, but you know, I say shocker. You know, he had nine games in the DSL, and he did punch at a pretty high rate in that league. Now, you want to say that the age and the inexperience kind of mitigates that a little bit. It's still a little concerning that have a vulnerability to spin, but when everything really comes together, man, it's pretty. And I think if you listen to my other podcasts or the other podcast where I've mentioned him, you know, I saw him one game in spring training and it really jumped off the page that day. It's like it, 17 year olds don't usually look like that. And they don't usually have this combination of athleticism and physicality at that age. And he's 
you know, he, 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 if everything clicks, he's the real deal. The other big time draftee who qualified was uh, Bryce Eldridge, who made, who was a Giants guy who made a really good impact early, you know, polished hitter for his age, controlled at bats, power, um, might move to first base in the long run, but, you know, guy with the, the offensive skills, the profile there, if that has to happen. So it's a, it's, and he didn't pitch. He didn't pitch at all. No, it's a pretty good list on that side. And, but it's not as good as the FCL just because everybody moved out so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. It was a talented FCL group for sure. It was Um, really nasty. Like there's going to be some guys who would make the 10 in a lot of years who are going to be pushed into the 11th and 20 this year. That's wild. Looking forward to when the, those lists are coming out, Josh. Do you have any idea in terms of <laughs> I'm trying EGA? To get I'm trying to get those out as quickly as possible. I leave for vacation a week from Tuesday, week from last Tuesday. So I want to get those off my plate before I go back to the West Coast. All right. So you're out on the West Coast next week. So yeah, got might, be, uh, might be an early release. I, I dig it. I, I appreciate that. We're going to have Cape Cod League uh, Top 50 coming out next week as well. So. A lot of wrap-up lists on some fun leagues with uh, some potential future stars in them. So, Josh, I want to thank you for your your time for coming on, man. I'll let you go now. You can hop off, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All Josh right. Norris, ladies and gentlemen, the bear. My first time talking to you, Dylan. Nice talking to you, not on Slack. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> likewise. See ya. All right. It was... Uh, Josh Norris on the line, giving us some tasty morsels of feedback and information from his uh, forthcoming complex league list, which I always thought even years back before I was working here at Baseball America, I always thought was something that uh, I had to jump all over. And if there was any names that weren't owned in some of my deeper leagues, I would definitely go and try to pick up those complex league uh, standouts. You know, you never know. Those guys can make a big jump year over year. We've seen it this year uh, and the year before, last couple of years, in terms of uh, guys coming from the complex into full season ball and really impressing. And uh, we'll maybe talk about some of those guys tonight. Uh, let's go through some quick uh, promotions here because there were a ton, Dylan. Um, Xavier Isaac Tahaye, uh, as well as Carlos Jorge and Hector Rodriguez Tahaye as well. Uh, Joey LaProfito to AAA. Kyle Manzardo has been activated by the Guardians at AAA. Uh, so he's now playing for Columbus. That's great to hear. First uh, sort of games post-trade, uh, because obviously he's been on the IL since uh, July, right? July? It wasn't June. I think it was July. And uh, Denzel Clark, he is done for the season with a shoulder injury as well. Uh, I believe, right? Was it a shoulder injury? Or did I misspeak there? I'm getting him. My crossing wires with Noah Schultz, who is hitting the IL with the shoulder injury. I'll double check on the on the Denzel Clark injury specifics, but I do know that uh, he is missing some time. So, Dylan, with some of these promotions, some of these injuries, some of these guys returning, who are the big stories you want to focus on here? Anything you want to talk about? I like the the storyline for Hector Rodriguez and Carlos Jorge. I know these guys are like stat line guys. Um, where they they're putting they get, up the big numbers, they get pretty decent reports from scouts too. I mean, I don't know if they're like top fifty with some scouts, but <laughs> people like these players for sure. 
Yeah, but it, but it's it's more they're they're smaller guys, yeah. but have pop that you wouldn't maybe expect. And are the is the production um, sort of going to regress back down um, for Hector Rodriguez for the Cincinnati Reds? Uh, Four hundred forty-four plate appearances on the year, sixteen home runs, eighteen stolen bases as a nineteen-year-old. Um, his ninetieth. Uh, percentile exit velocity is kind of average. Um, his contact is kind of average. Um, his chase is high. And so like maybe, you know, kind of points to that. He kind of got lucky, but his barrel rate's really high. So, you know, he's, he's optimizing when he's making contact, he's, he's hitting it in the good launch angles. Um, so I'm very curious to see how he does against more advanced pitching. Carlos Jorge has been a RoboScout darling for a while with the blend of power and speed mm-hmm. uh, this year, 356 plate appearances. 19-year-old as well uh, for Cincinnati. Nine home runs, 31 stolen bases. Um, last year, he had something very similar. Same thing. His contact is, you know, average. His 90th percentile exit velocity is average. His chase rate's average. His bail rate's average. So it's kind of like he's putting the best numbers on the board that he can with, with the package. So Some um, of his parts. Exactly, exactly. So, I, I'm again, I'm very curious. Um to see how he uh, to see how he does against against IA pitching, I, I had him as a, I think a top 100 or like on the fringe of top 100 last year or coming into the preseason. Sure. Um, he hasn't. Uh, that was based on the expectation they take a huge step forward. I wouldn't say he took a huge step forward. He's he's kind of stayed at that that high excelling zone. So th- those are the two names I'm kind of most curious about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they're definitely two guys that. I'm super interested in, but I'm going to go a different direction here. Um, La Perfido to Triple A to me uh, is very interesting. Um, I believe, if I am not mistaken, uh, Joey is eligible for the Rule 5 draft this offseason. So if there was an injury or a need for some reason to uh, add a player who could play... Actually, no, I'm incorrect. He's 24, so he still has another year until he's rule five eligible. So I'll take that back. I was going to say there was a chance that he could get promoted late in the year. Uh, he was 2020 draft eligible, if I remember correctly, but might be misremembering. Misrem- he got took, taken in 2021. He's got another year until he's rule five eligible, but still up in AAA, the way that he's hit across his entire minor league career, I anticipate that La Perfido will hit well in Sugarland and the PCL because it's a great environment to hit. And he's a guy that's always had pretty good contact skills. We'll say average contact skills that have improved, maybe above average, above average to maybe plus approach. His swing decisions are really good. There's some impact there. The angles are good. He can run a little bit. He can play some center field. He's played some first base. He's played some second. He can play in the corners, really versatile player, really versatile skill set as well. And I can just see him potentially maybe even leapfrogging um, Justin Durden in terms of pecking order and when he could potentially get the call, uh, even though Durden, I believe, is 40 minute eligible next year. So a lot of stuff sort of at play here. Um, but I like Laperfito a lot. It's good to see him moving up to AAA. He's sort of at an age-appropriate level almost at this point, if that makes sense. Because he's, what, 23, 24, 23, 24 in AAA these days. That's, that's sort of fine. So... I'm interested to see if he's one of the next Astros underrated prospects that we can never sort of keep up in terms of ranking him as well as he, or as good as he really potentially is 
or could be at the next level. We've just seen seen this time and time again with the Astros. And he's kind of that skill set where it's like a little bit of everything pretty well with the impact. He grows into a big body guy who's got some versatility. So he's one that interests me. And the other one is Xavier Isaac. I find him fascinating. He's got it popped up, was injured a little bit during his showcase summer. So not everybody saw him, but always, you know, anyone that played with him or against him talked about tons of impact, really difficult to strike out. And a guy that came up in big moments and we've seen him hit. I mean, it hasn't been super, super loud, um, but continually produces. I think he's one of those guys. You look at the, the box score. He's got a hit. He's got a hit and a walk. He's got a double. He's got a home run. Like whatever it is, every night he's doing something in the box score. Really quality at bats. Really advanced approach at a young age. And it's a big body that's going to add more strength. So he's a guy I'm really interested to see how he finishes the season up here in high A over the last month, last three weeks, four weeks, whatever, whatever have you. And see how he carries the momentum through the next year. Because I do think he's a guy that could really take that next step forward next year. Full season, you know, off season, knows what it looks like now, coming off of his first full pro season, kind of has those at bats, has those experiences, has seen high A pitching. He's a guy that could, you know, really jump up to double A maybe mid season next year if he hits the ground running in high A. So Xavier Isaac to me is somebody to watch because I feel like he's one of these bat first prospects, you know, first base only guys that could really skyrocket quickly and maybe, you know, even rise up to the major leagues. Um, really interesting player. Um, so, He's the one that fascinates me the most. The rest of these stories more or less make me kind of sad with Denzel Clark and Noah Schultz. So let's talk about the good stuff. Yeah, Xavier Isaac uh, has a home run today, Thursday, August 24th at high A already. And, I mean, you say big body and, and not that athletic maybe, but he still has 10 stolen bases. Um, no, no, he's got some athleticism. It's like yeah. sneaky athleticism. It's, uh, it's pretty impressive, and the power obviously is massive through the roof. 90th percentile, exit velocity huge, max huge. Um, I wonder how much his progression this year um, was a factor in uh, the race trading Manzardo um, to, the, to the Guardians, who we also talked about as being activated now. So, yeah, it would be uh, really interesting to see how Isaac does next year. Definitely going to be probably in the 100 next season for sure. Uh, maybe even top 50. So why don't we segue into our fantasy top 200? Yeah, let's do a little bit of that. Uh, so we released the fantasy top 200 this week. But before we get into that, Dylan, we're going to take a quick break. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. That's why I use Indeed for our hiring at Baseball America. It allows me to do everything on one website. I get quality candidates. I can schedule them. I can interview them. I can screen them. I can send messages to them all within Indeed. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Just go to Indeed.com slash Baseball America right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh huh. We're back. I fooled you there real quick. You thought we we're getting into the good stuff, and then I went for the big market reality show tease. Right as the tense moment is happening, I'm not going to let you know what's happening. So we released the top 200 this week. It's the final update. This is just prospects only, um, and kind of goes in tandem. And I'd say is a bit of an update for the top 500, 600 for Dynasty, 400. You know all those numbers. Um, <laughs> This is the first time that we've ranked the FYPD players. I believe if my count is correct, we've ranked 29 FYPD players in the top 200, which I think is a pretty good ratio. Probably could have fit a few more, maybe into 150 to 200 if you so uh, were inclined, just based on what market values are. But I think you and I both, you know, we put together our own personal lists. Um, You base yours, you know, obviously heavily off of data. Um, I, I base mine off of sort of information and my own personal breakdowns of players, etc. cetera. Um, like I'm sure everyone that's ranking does. Uh, and then we mash the list together and just sort of take out what the ranking is. So sometimes that balances out our biases a little bit. Sometimes we're both in on a player, like say Matt Shaw. Um, but I think the most interesting thing that comes from this is our particular deltas on players. And it's not necessarily on the obvious ones all the time. Um, so I know that I had you pull some of these names. So I don't know. Let's fire off some of these names here, Dylan, in terms of you know players that we had big deltas on, and let's talk through it a little bit. Yeah. So our top, our top six. Um, I'll say I'm Jackson Holiday, Jackson Churio, Dylan Cruz, Junior Caminero, White Langford, Paul Skeens. We are basically you know matching each other. They were our top six. Uh, pretty much. And then we got to Jordan Lawler. Um, it's not a huge discrepancy, but, uh, you know, you had him fourth. I had him 13th and that averaged out to be seventh overall in our list. Um, talk, talk to me about Jordan Lawler before we get into some of the bigger discrepancies. Yeah. Um, I'm just generally, I've been a big fan of the skill set, and, and even early on this year when he was struggling in Amarillo, 
Um, I thought like if you looked at the underlying data, he was hitting the ball harder. He was making good swing decisions. The contact wasn't an issue. The angles weren't an issue. Um, a lot of it was just sort of bad luck on on balls and play early. And uh, that started to turn around for him a little bit. I know he's been in AAA now for a week. Um, has hit fairly well. Already has a couple of home runs there. Um, but I think when you factor in the defensive floor, which is pretty high, he's a shortstop. Definite, no questions. At worst, he'd be a third baseman or second baseman. He's going to play every day in the infield. Um, and then, you know, you, you dig into some of the numbers. The walk, the walks are, are you know, good. He gets on base. Um, is there some swing and miss there? Yeah, there's some, but nothing crazy. You know, we're talking this year, 12% walk rate to a 21% strikeout rate. He's got the impact. He went through that, you know, month or so where he struggled. Um, but, you know, I think if you even look like what the numbers are on the season and then sort of take out that first month and, and look at what his numbers have been since May, they jump up even more. And then if you jump up to like June, um, he's been one of the best players in the minor leagues really since June 1st, you know, um, last 50, 57 games, he's hitting 306, 401, 541. Uh, 17% K rate, 11% walk rate. That's a 144 WRC plus, um, 417 Woba. So to put that into perspective, 11 home runs, 22 steals. I just look across the board at a player like Waller, and there's just not too many questions in my mind that he's going to be in the big leagues at some point next season, probably pretty early. There's even an outside chance if he finishes the last month here in AAA because our season's a little bit longer on a high note. I mean, dude, this this could be this could potentially be a guy who's in the major leagues right at the end of the year, and it, and potentially breaks camp with the Diamondbacks next year if the situation calls for it. So I don't know. There's just there just aren't too many flaws when I when I dig in deep um, on him. You know, I mean, I guess. The biggest question mark is, uh, you know, some of his splits against righties can be a little questionable. Mashes lefties. Um, that's typical of a right-handed batter, but it's not like he's that bad against right-handers that's going to be <laughs> any sort of massive issue. Obviously, his numbers would be really poor if that was the case. But, um, yeah, I think you factor out, like, those first two months or even the key hit for some power, just things weren't dropping for him. Um, He's been pretty good, and he's he's faced exactly five plate appearances against a younger pitcher this year. Uh, just kind of an interesting stat to throw out there. So um, all those numbers are coming at, you know, um, the young for the level situation, and you know he's facing much older competition, and for the most part has thrived. So I think it just kind of goes to show why I'm so high on Lawler. Um, there aren't really too many question marks or things that I'm concerned with. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. I think, um, I think for me, like obviously I don't have them low, but it was like, who are guys who can be like 2020 uh, reasonably? And, you know, there's guys like Pete Crow Armstrong. Um, you know, I, I have Oswald Peraza in there, even Jason Dominguez. Um, and then it was sort of like picking amongst those and he just happened to 
B, you know, near in the middle of the tier. Um, I think all those guys could be in the majors next year. Um, Pico Armstrong obviously has elite defense, so um, he he kind of just just beat out Lawler there. But yeah, I mean, they're all kind of in the same same cluster for me, and so uh, it just ended up that he you know he was thirteenth for me and and fourth for you. So yeah, no, I, I liked uh, I like what you're saying there. Yeah, I think he's a guy that I value extremely highly in fantasy, and think he's uh, I think he's a top five prospect, frankly. So let's go down here. We get to Kyle Manzardo, the aforementioned Kyle Manzardo, thirty fourth on our list. I had him in the top fifteen. You had him more in the you know the sixty range. Um, so you know we had a difference of about forty five, which is the biggest difference um, of our top of our top fifty. Um, talk to me about Kyle Manzardo. I, I have him as a first baseman who's going to have good average. He may not have massive power. Um, maybe a lot of his home runs are, are kind of like he's optimizing his swing. So like the ones sure. that he does hit it hard, it happens to be a barrel. Um, not huge exit velocities, but still going to be good. Um, probably going to be the Guardians first baseman for a long time. Um, so yeah, talk to me about what uh, yeah. why you or, see. Or, or DH. I think there's some DH risk here. He's not great at first base. They got Josh Naylor. Um, he's a lot like Josh Naylor, frankly. Like good plate skills, um, not a lot of high end power, but he will hit for some power. Um, you know, I still like the player. It's just the floor is what it is, and it depends on the league. I'm more inclined to be in on Manzardo in a points league or an OBP focused league than I am in your standard five by five. Um, I, I if you look at my list, and I think. Dylan will attest this. I definitely like explosive power speed guys. Um, and I'll go out for the wrist there a little bit. And so he's probably pushed down in my rankings a little bit like artificially, not because I don't, I dislike him just because there's other players that, you know, I just happen to like more and it's not necessarily a statement on him, but it's more of a statement on that particular skill set and thinking there's maybe, five to 10 players that might fit within that range from 70 to 250, right? That might end up with similar outcomes. Um, I like Manzardo. I've liked Manzardo since, you know, he broke out summer 2020 in the Northwoods League. And he was a guy that I loved as a draft sleeper and was really banging the drum on him. But um, I do think there's just some limitations and my expectations are maybe just a little bit lower. But I think a 280 hitter with you know, a 360 on base percentage and like 18 to 24 home runs is a pretty valuable player. He's just more of a corner infielder in like a 12 team league. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I think, I think all that is fair. I think all that's fair. Uh, okay. So looking at the top 100 of our aggregate list, um, I counted them up. We have 16 FYPD guys. Um, the the name in the top 100 who one of us has outside 150 is Ben Brown. I had him in my top 75. You had him at 153. He averaged out to be 98th. So he is in the 100. Uh, is Ben Brown so low for you because of command concerns? Um, tell me more about why uh, you're a little less enthusiastic about Ben Brown than I am. Yeah, I mean, I still like him. Um, I think once again, like I probably underrate pitching prospects a little bit. Um, 
in certain circumstances, unless they really show themselves to be really efficient starters. Uh, the command is certainly an issue. Home runs have been a bit of an issue in AAA. I understand it's AAA in that environment. Um, you know, and I, I just I wonder about the depth of the arsenal and how many times it's going to be get, be able to get through the order with the strike throwing. Um, I think there's going to be some messy games. I think he's going to miss bats, um, but he's not among the elite top 20 fantasy arms for me. Um, you know, top 30 fantasy arms probably. Uh, but he's certainly somebody in the right format I like. I don't dislike the player. Um, just once again, I, I prefer other profiles a little bit more because I do think there's some relief risk uh, attached there. There's some massive upside as well. If he had better fastball shape, I would probably be more inclined um, to go after him, but I know that that's backed up a little bit in AAA as well. Yeah, no, I I know you're a big fastball shape guy. I am it's too. It's not bad. It's not, it, he's lower release. He's got tons of velocity. It's going to play. It's going to miss bats, but it's just, I don't know if it's more of a relief profile than a starter. You know, yeah, definitely fair. So almost the mirror image inverse where you have this guy in your 75 and I have him outside the 100. Um, Dylan Head, who uh, Josh just talked about. I, I, I think I, I dinged him because he spells his first name wrong. But uh, talk to me about Dylan Head and why uh, why you have him in your top 75. I, I have a good idea, but tell, tell the listeners. Yeah, I mean, this guy really hit the ground running, too. Um, I don't know if that's maybe uh, putting it lightly. I don't know if you have the numbers in front of you. I don't actually have them in front of me at this exact second. Um, but, you know, performed really well in the complex league, as Josh had just alluded to. Um, you know, had some some prep pedigree as well. I mean, it's not like this is some out-of-nowhere sort of juco breakout, older college guy in the complex. Um, This is a guy who was ranked 34th on our final list, uh, you know, from from Carlos. Um, But, you know, good athlete. Um, He's a 70 runner. I think there's more power maybe there than we hadn't initially anticipated. Carlos has a 40 on the power. I think it might be a little bit more close to average, maybe more than that. We'll see. Um, pretty good fielder as well. Uh, you know, plays an outfield center fielder. Um, good hit tool. Um, inner city guy from, you know, Chicago sort of area. I don't know if he's inner city. He's from outside of Chicago. I think just a little South. Um, but, uh, you know, really sort of interesting player with a ton of skills and, you know, an athletic toolsy skill set and maybe more power there because of, uh, the bat speed. So, um, just a, a player that I, I really like and I think is uh, going to be very valuable and probably a hot commodity in FYPs. Plus the Padres' track record with these first-round picks. For sure. I, I have the numbers in front of me now. He's he's in low A, but at, at the complex in 63 plate appearances uh, in his age 18 season. More walks and strikeouts. Um, 294, 413, 471 slash line, one home run, three stolen bases. Um, speaking to that 70 grade, uh, 
speed, uh, 176 ISO, not bad for an 18 year old. Um, yeah, very good, uh, very good output right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll do one more name here uh, before we go. And this one I think uh, will be interesting. I, I want to hear your take on this. Um, I think the listeners will too. Gavin Stone. Gavin Stone for us aggregated at 125. Um, you had him pretty low. I was the higher man for sure that pulled him up to that level. I know he took a step back. You seem concerned. How concerned are you? Yeah, it's just the guy that we saw at the end of last year just hasn't returned. He hasn't had the same fastball, hasn't had the same fastball command, shape, or velocity. The slider has taken a back uh, a step back this year. So really, he's just a right-handed change-up first starter. And that's not a profile that I'm particularly crazy about. Um, you know, I think he's going to miss bats in the minor leagues. But when it comes to major league hitters, they're not fooled by that as much. He's got to be able to land his breaking ball as a right-hander. Um, he's got to be able to command his fastball or get it back up to sitting 96 to 97. Um, like it had last season in the minor leagues. I mean, he lost two to three ticks. Um, and I just think if you look at the overall effectiveness of his entire arsenal, his changeup was less effective because guys were kind of even sitting on it. Um, so I just, his early returns were pretty bad. Um, I think other pitchers have passed him in the Dodgers system and in the pecking order to get starts. Ryan Pepio's back as well. Um, so just don't think it's great times for uh, our old friend. Do you think he'll make it as a starter for the Dodgers? Um, we'll see. I think there's a chance. You know, this offseason will be big for him. He has a, a an opportunity to reset. And I think from year to year, we kind of see that with pitchers, that guys come out, all of a sudden they're throwing better stuff. Things are a little bit crisper, whatever it was. Um Maybe, you know, getting over an injury we don't know about. It's certainly possible as well. And go from there. But in the uh, short term, a little bit more concerned, yes. All right. I I, uh, I don't really have any more names unless you want to bring one up. Um, no, I think those are good. You know, we can have people go in and take a look at the list. Uh, we don't have to give them all the secrets or release our particular differences on every single player. You can go in there. You can check it out at BaseballAmerica.com. If you do not have a subscription, now is a great time to subscribe. We're heading into the offseason, which means you're going to rework our entire top 10s and top 30s. That's coming up in a couple of months. We have the Cape Cod League list, We have the, uh, which is great for, for open universe leagues, if you're in any of those. We have the Complex League lists coming out, as we mentioned with Josh. I've been doing some draft articles, kind of digging in, uh, in some sort of pre-work to some FYPD stuff. I think the FYPD will probably come out a little bit earlier this year. We're going to have a ton of fantasy content because Dylan is on here full-time for a whole off-season for the first time. As you came on fairly late last year, and we had to fire drill all of our rankings, which we did a great job of. But now we're going to be able to maybe even do updates in the off-season as things happen and injuries occur. So a lot of content, great time to subscribe. We appreciate you listening and tuning in. This has been the Baseball America Fantasy Podcast. I'm Jeff Ponce. He's Dylan White. Thank y'all. Cheers. When you need 
mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.